0: I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. This yeah. is our second edition of uh, Share Your Story. And what we're doing is we're we're reaching out to different professionals, essentially, and asking them to, to share how did they get into the career they're in and who are they as a person. So I'm very excited about this, yeah. um, this um, discussions that we're doing with people. So today we're going to be meeting Aika Osho um and so she's going to be sharing with us a little bit um about herself and 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 who she is as a person so you know welcome to the show this is really great to have you with us
1: oh thank you samara
0: so you know i wanted to kind of dive in and ask you you know when when you look at your career so far and everything that you've been going through um What would you say has been one of your biggest challenges that as a professional you've had to kind of navigate to date?
1: Okay, so um, when I got into health and safety, I actually started as a volunteer. So I was doing my master's. And of course, I knew I needed to get experience. And so I applied with an organization. I didn't get the job, but they asked me if I wanted to volunteer. And I was with them for 18 months as a volunteer. Eventually, I became a fully paid staff. When a couple of people left. So that's how I got into um, the profession. But um, I've and alongside alongside that, I used to blog, you know, so I wrote a lot about health and safety and really just my experiences. And at one point I ran a safe schools project in Nigeria. That was for about four years, thereabout. And of course, in the UK here, I've worked in different sectors. I've worked in architecture, hospitality. I currently work in retail. But I would say that what was most challenging was working in hospitality. So there was a company who came to the UK for the very first time. And they were kind of like massive you know, everywhere. They were in America, in China. They started off in India. So they were massive, and they came to the UK. No health and safety management system, nothing. So I was the very first health and safety manager. So I was walking into something that was just a plain, you know, a plain sheet of paper. (laughs) Because usually when you start a job, they tend to have their health and safety management system in place. And so you come in, you're reviewing, you're updating. But this, I had to start from scratch. So that was really challenging because I had never worked in hospitality. You know, it had a lot to do with refits and reforms and CDM that I had never really done. You know, so it was really challenging coming up with a process for how we would audit hotels and all that. So it was it was challenging. Yeah. Because usually you are you are, are walking in gently, seeing all the process. Oh, yeah, everything is in place. I'll just continue from here. But I had to start from scratch. So that was really, really challenging. Yeah. But I liked it. I really loved it. Was
0: it yeah. an opportunity to kind of sculpt it the way you wanted it?
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, because I I think what it it was, was I had to speak to different departments and see, okay how do we sign on hotels? What are we currently doing for audits? And really just come up with a framework for how we want to audit hotels, transform them and keep them operational with the health and safety, you know, being in place and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was my, I think it was my opportunity to own it, kind of. And I've never seen that opportunity since then. You tend to go in somewhere and just do it the way we want or the way we we have always done it.
0: And and I'm interested, you know, looking back, would if if you knew what you know today, then would there be anything that you would change up, or anything that you did then that you you would bring forward to share with our listeners?
1: I think change up because um, then everything was so manual. So all my reporting, my tracking, everything was done on Excel, and I wasn't even an Excel guru, so I didn't know how to do pivot tables and all of that and of course it was full of errors so you have to look so many times you, there were always errors and i think looking back i wasn't into tech then because i'm very much into tech now looking then i should have you know found digital ways to you know do what we were doing but i just did it manually with excel and word you know i'm printing off and going to sites but right now i would have done everything digital if i if i could go back everything would be done digital yeah
0: because every time we do something from an experience there's always something um ways that we can improve and lessons learned that is so important.
1: Yeah, and yeah. so from
0: your experience what would you think makes makes a uh successful safety professional?
1: Okay this is a very interesting question and I'm glad you asked. So usually health and safety professionals at least everyone I've come across and with all my I've been in the sector for about 13 years we tend to be focused on just health and safety we only know how to do health and safety we don't know about business operations we don't know about what's happening in the business as a as, as a whole and so we, we we tend to always say safety first safety first but when you look at it safety never really comes first you know no matter how much we push you know so understanding the business and understanding that you need to work closely with other departments is very key but a lot of a lot of safety professionals are just stuck with safety stuck with audits stuck with risk assessment but they need to learn what happens in other sectors. We're not saying be experts, but having knowledge of what's happening in other departments and the business as a whole, understanding business operations, understanding branding and what it means to the business, you know, and all of that, I think learning that as a city professional will, you know, give us a step ahead. And also being very techie because a lot of um, companies right now, they still do pen and paper. They're still very word and Excel, but we have all these tools they're already paid for. But if you know how to use them, you can actually digitize some of what we what, what you do. I remember I used to work for a consultancy and we had these very big clients. I can't mention the name NDA and things, you know? But then we had, I had to work with one of my colleagues to create their whole safety management system. And one of the things I did was to, because they used Google, so I just used Google Forms to create a lot of the checklist. And, and so with that, we were able to look at the data. Every week, we would just look at the data. There was so much data there. Look at all the pie It was easy to see which, um, which um, site is not doing their audits or which site is giving us more problems. It was so easy to see just looking at. And that was just Google Forms. You know, and that's because I, I had that knowledge and I, I I had already started playing around with tech. So I started using tech in my work, you know, so and that's something we need to do as safety professionals. We need to understand that we have so many tools that are available to us that are already paid for by the organization that we can start using. You know, rather than do pen and paper, we can move away from all of that. And without seeking permission, without getting to increase your budget or anything, without spending money, you can actually change the way you run your department and go digital. So that's another thing for safety professionals. Yeah.
0: So learn what resources you actually have in the organization to leverage. Try to go digital. Try to learn about tech. Yeah. Um, As much as you can. But I want to drill down in one really big thing that you said, which was get to know the business. Get to know Mm -hmm. the different areas of the business. And I can just imagine that somebody listening is like, wow, that's like a huge thing. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. So if you were to kind of break that down into a smaller piece, that big, huge boulder and just to, to, to break it down to a little piece, how would you suggest somebody starts with that?
1: Okay, so for example, um, I think what I would do is I'll look at where my where um health and safety is more impacted, you know, and who who, who really has the decision. Because sometimes you look at finance and they tell you there's no budget, there's no money. So working closely with those that you know are, are closer to health and safety. I'll give you a very good example. Like in my current role, we have this audits that we do in the stores, and it's not just health and safety. You know, and the health and safety guys, they do it. So they do. Trading standards, they do food safety, and this is not their remedy. This is not anything they need to do. But they do all of that. And there's a the loss prevent there's loss prevention. And the truth is, you need to also understand what happens in the grocery sector, what are the laws. And so all those trainings are available and really taking them, understanding them, and saying that, okay, I can't always say safety, safety, safety. I can't always push my my, my I can't always insist on my ways without understanding what's going on in the other related close by sectors, of course, when it comes to tech, probably not have nothing to do with them, except when I need their help, you know, or when it comes to maybe, for example, marketing, digital marketing, nothing to do with them. So, of course, well, you have to now identify who are the key departments that I work closely with and how can I understand what they do is not, we're not saying go become experts at what they do, but understand what they do and how health and safety, you know, ties in.
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting that you brought up the marketing department and the tech department, because I have two examples that are spinning in my head. So one, one example is that um, leveraging the marketing department to help market health and safety. It's not something that we might really think about, right? But if you have a, a marketing team their whole thing is about branding and how to get messaging Mm. out there. So that could be a really great collaboration of working with some people who might be able to spin health and safety in a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course, if you've got that time and you know some organizations are so big that you just can't, you know, like for for example, like what for a really large organization, and you just can't, you know? And so one of the things that I tend to do is, rather than go to maybe the graphic team and say, oh, design me this flyer for this, I just go into Canva and design what I need very quickly. Mm-hmm. I record videos for stuff that I need. I don't wait for tech to come and stand in front of me with their video. I go on my screen, I record my screen, I explain how things should be done, and I, you know, post on the internet or something. And of course, a lot of people, this is there, please watch it, seven minutes video or blah, blah, blah. You know, so those little things, and sometimes you're not gonna, truth you, is you're not always gonna need them fully, but there are points in time where you will need them and it's really you prioritizing and deciding oh, which, which is the priority for me. And it depends on the organization. Some organizations are so, are so small that you can have an impact, you know, immediately yep. with all departments. But there are some that you have to go through this loophole and through this group and through that signature and that director and that permission. It's all long winded and sometimes you don't bother. You know, Uh but there are some departments that you work closely with, you really have no choice. Like, for example, now uh, we have um, like something we call the equipment forum and there are other departments in there. So we all work closely together to decide on stuff, you know. So you see people from electrical, people from refrigeration, all manner, and we all come together and work and agree on stuff. And I think that's really, really very important for safety professionals. We can't just be stuck in doing our audits and risk assessments and, you know, being the safety person. I think working closely with other people and understanding even how they do stuff, because you would insist, oh, this is not the same stuff I wanted, but electrical would tell you, oh, no, look at what the regulation says about this, 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 you know? And so it's very important that you have that working relationship with all those other people. If you are gonna ever, you know, make headway and make impact.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you were mentioning about big companies. One big company, if you wanna get inspiration from is actually L'Oreal. If yeah, okay. you look on the on LinkedIn under Malcolm Staves and L'Oreal, you can see how even in a huge company, right? health and safety and marketing can lock in step yeah. and really get some messaging out there. So I would I would motivate listeners and yourself to yeah. to look at L'Oreal if you're looking for inspiration. Yeah, on how yeah yeah <laughs> and how, I mean. And you can even reach out to Malcolm and he's more than willing to to share with people like how he's accomplished, what yeah. he's accomplished, you know And so but to your point, reaching out different departments and seeing how can you collaborate in different ways. And sometimes yeah, yeah we do end up doing things ourselves. but I think also there's beautiful opportunity into to collaborating in a different way. Now I yeah. wanted to kind of look, uh, take this a little bit of a different direction and get to know you and the person behind the safety professional. So can you share a little bit, what do you do at your, your off
1: time? Okay, so I'm presently doing my PhD in technology enhanced learning, and I've started my thesis. So right now I'm working on my proposal. And so I spend a lot of time on that. And then I've got twin babies. They are one now. And so once they're home, I can't do anything because you dare not be on your phone. And I'm here, what are you doing on your phone, mommy? You know, so once they're home, I can't do anything. So I spend a lot of time with them. So they go to nursery three days a week. And so on those days, on the days that they are home, I tend not to be able to do anything. So we we watch Netflix. Yeah, we just do Netflix and and chill, yeah. And do you have any hobbies or anything that you're,
0: you're
1: out there working on? I do have, I don't know whether to call it a hobby. It's not a hobby because I've spent so much money on it. So I started working on something a couple of years ago and and it's really just based on my experience with health and safety and everything being so manual. Even some really large organizations still do pen and paper. It can be embarrassing when that happens, you know? So I've seen that. I've seen that a lot in the 13 years that I have worked in different sectors. And so one of the things I wanted to do was to create something for health and safety professionals to you know digitize how they work. Take that form, that template, make it digital. You know, see, there's a way you can analyze your data without counting. You know, funny thing is, some digital systems are actually bad. One of my previous job, we had the incident reports online, but it wouldn't give you any data. You couldn't export, you know, data. And I would go on the screen counting the readers. So readers are reporting of injuries, deaths, and dangerous occurrences. I'm reporting to the government agency that manages that. And I would go on screen every quarter trying to count. Go to the next page, count on screen, and that was digital. You know so it's, for me it was really about creating something that we can use that works for us you know and so that is something i've been working on it was supposed to be ready last year but uh, a lot of issues and when you why, why is it's expensive the tech and one of the things is the tech team once they don't understand safety it's a challenge i had a focus group some weeks back and this was very very prominent in the discussions that we had that when you have a tech team that doesn't understand safety it's hard for you to really get what you want because they think, oh, we're designing something generic. And no, look at how we do things. Look at the process we need to follow. Look at what we're asking for this feature. But they don't get it. And so it has been a challenge for me. And so that's something I'm still working on.
0: Yeah. Nice, nice. And so if I was to give you a magic wand, right? I love this question because you can have anything basically that you want in the world. If I was to give you a magic wand, how would you design that the health and safety in the workplace for future generations using tech like you're talking about?
1: Uh, That's a tough question. (laughs) How would I design health and safety for the workplace using tech? And I think- um,
0: For future generations.
1: For future generations. So
0: it it doesn't have to be connected to our reality. What's in your mind? Like, what can you envision?
1: I think um, one of the things would be training. You know, so we have a lot of training, e-learning that is just not good enough. You know, so it's just PDF and somebody speaking from one slide to the next and uploaded on the platform. So it's just not good enough. So I think one of the things I would do, because um, what we one of the problems that we have with health and safety is really changing cultures, changing behaviors, and getting people to understand, look at my responsibility when it comes to safety. And I think that comes from raising awareness, that comes from giving the proper education. So I think I would start there and I would want to design a system or a course, you know, that that, 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 um, that is full of engagement, has some gamification. I think even we adults, we love, we love games. You know, we want to play games even when we are learning. So I think I would include all of that and really make the learning experience something that is almost live-like. So despite the fact that it's e-learning, then there's the VR and AR things. So I think I would want to make it very, very live-like and very, very related to their experiences. It was like, for example, recently, I designed a course at work for our managers, for the store managers. And one of the things I did was to spend a lot of time in the stores. So I I didn't want to design the course based on health and safety and what health and safety says. I wanted to understand the day-to-day in the store. What is your day-to-day like? What are your challenges? You know, and really just design something that would meet their needs, not just because it's health and safety. And the law says, yes, the law says, but how can we help the stores you know, manage safety better, be, you know, help their performance and all that. And so that was very key for me. And if I wanted to design something for the future, that's what I would do, something that would meet their present need. And, you know, not just um, a PDF and text and, and PowerPoint, but a lot of interaction with the material. And that's why I love the PhD program I'm doing, Technology Enhanced Learning. And my thesis is around health and safety courses. How are they designed? What's the nature of these courses? Who designs them for whom, for why, and all of that. So it's, it's it's deep, it's gonna be deep. So I'm glad you asked that question.
0: So leveling it up. So it's it's not just PDFs and PowerPoints or yeah. just a one, like a one-way video.
1: Yeah, not just even a one-way video, something that they can interact with. You know, yeah, something that's they can what, work with. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Stuff, instead of.
1: Yeah, instead of, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, uh, that's phenomenal. I look forward to seeing that. And you said that you're also working on something right now. Yes. Perfect. So when might we see something?
1: Oh, I really don't know. (laughs) Because I put it on hold. I spent so much money on it and I've got the code. And one of the issues I have is designers don't want to work on my existing code. They want to start from scratch and it's going to cost me hundreds of thousands the bills I've gotten I'm like oh you know you know what let me put it aside for now and so I'm still thinking about what to do with my existing code if I can find someone to fix the issues quite just a few issues if I can find someone to fix the issues then it should be ready but what the platform really is is really digitizing and using workflows because one of the things we see in health and safety is people liking to cut corners skip that step no need to do that but with the workflows we want to say you need to these steps and you cannot go to the next without doing this. And so that's yeah. why I'm, that's how I'm trying to design it to help with compliance, not to catch anyone out, but really helping with compliance. Because when you ask health and safety people what they really want, I did a poll once, I know people talk about, oh, well-being, employee well-being and all that. The thing that stood out was compliance because if anything goes wrong, then there's court fines, prosecutions, and those are what we want to avoid. At the end of the day, that is our number one duty as safety professionals We're protecting the business, no matter how we look at it, you know? <laughs> So yeah.
0: Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go, was there anything I get that you would like to share with our audience who are listening?
1: I think nothing. Maybe just really repeat myself. and really just say that as safety professionals, maybe improve on our digital skills, learn some digital skills. We're not saying go and learn coding and become developers overnight. Your existing tools, how can you use them? And the good thing is Google and Microsoft, they have so many videos and so many free lectures. So you can actually learn to use their tools. You know, so look at what tools do I currently have access, what do I currently have access to, and then learn to use them to improve your work. And please do it with pen and paper. Stop going on the site with your pen and paper. And when you look at it, health and safety is usually the least budgeted for. They usually are the last to go digital in, the, in an organization. You know, everybody else is tapping on their screen and clicking this and we are with pen and paper. It's We need to get get rid of that. You know, we need to change that fast.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I, it was wonderful to have you uh, join with us and thank share you. your knowledge and your your insights. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for joining us. And if you're looking for more great safety content, go to safeopedia.com. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Tamara.